It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to the last Forward Nation Radio episode of the Trump administration. Maybe. We may just yet survive the Trump administration, although it's not a certainty at this point. I'm David Leventhal. Some things never change. Hey, here's one for the history books. You know the question how many U.S. presidents have been impeached? It's now become a trick question. Yes, it's become a trick question because the answer is the same as what it was a few months ago. Three. But the related question of how many impeachments have we had of U.S. presidents has gone up to four. Because, in case you've been living in a hole somewhere, the current U.S. president has now been impeached twice. Leading his supporters all across America to have developed a new chant. Four more impeachments. Four more impeachments. Four more impeachments. Okay, that that's not strictly true, I don't think. They're... His supporters are too busy engaging in violence to be worried about chance right now. Yes, it'll be another real upbeat show this week as we get to discuss the latest news on the insurrection against the United States of America as fomented by the criminal president of the United States and his political party. And we will discuss the second impeachment of President Donald Trump. But let's start it off with a couple of quick bits on the brighter side. First off, do you know who will not be financing Donald Trump's impeachment defense? GOP mega donor and human scum Sheldon Adelson will not be financing Donald Trump's impeachment defense. Because he's dead! And in our other good news, President-elect, yeah, he's still around, Joe Biden just announced right before we went to recording here, that he has a proposal for a $1.9 trillion relief and recovery plan that he shows us that makes a lot of sense, that seems like it will help a lot of Americans and help us in the future, help get us through the crisis, help get vaccines disseminated, help us to recover, help our schools and our states and our cities survive, you know, stuff that Republicans oppose. Reminding us what it'll be like, maybe, when we actually have a president again, especially as this one continues to be absolutely AWOL. Okay, that's it for the feel-good portion of our show. In the immortal words of Monty Python, now for something completely different. Although, of course, in this case, completely the same. Before we get to the man-made disaster that is Donald Trump and the Republican criminal organization, let's talk about COVID. Maybe uh, congratulations, are in order for COVID. Do you remember when um, when doomsayers in the media, probably including yours truly, said months ago that we will probably have more than 400,000 dead in America alone before Joe Biden gets inaugurated president? Well, turns out <laughs> we were we were too optimistic, despite, of course, being assailed by the, the fantasy world, i.e. Republicans, Uh, as being doomsayers, we have now passed the 400,000 dead mark with, by my reckoning, another five days to go until the inaugural, assuming that we're able to still have an inaugural. 
we've just about reached the 24 million affected Americans point. We have surpassed 4,000 in a day. Numbers that not only beat 9-11, they blow it away. They beat the bloodiest days in American history. They beat Antietam. They beat all the, the, the bloodiest, worst days in American history. A number of Americans dead. Uh, worst days in Vietnam, etc. in any single day. And unfortunately, it keeps getting worse. But we're not, again, going to really have a lot of time to talk about where we stand with respect to COVID and the lousy vaccine rollout, which I'm personally experiencing right now. Because the attack on Americans by an unthinking virus currently has to take a backseat to the attack on Americans by our unthinking leaders. And worse than that, in some cases, by some of our thinking leaders and morally bankrupt We are learning more every day about the assault on the Capitol. We continue to learn how bad this actually was. When I went to air last time, I was generally seeing it. Some some of the videos had come out, but I was looking at the videos that were covering the events live. And they did not show us a fraction of what was going on and how bad this was. Now that the videos are coming out from inside, the business videos are coming out that were taken by people who were involved in this march and from other sources, the the extent of the devastation, the, the, the carnage, the violence, the criminality is just absolutely remarkable. We have, since I spoke to you last time, we have lost a Capitol Police officer who apparently was murdered by the rioters, the insurrectionists. Another Capitol Police officer has committed suicide. We don't yet have any of the details about that. We have been seeing the videos and learning how they, the insurrectionists, the revolutionaries, if you can, the civil warists, revolutionaries, just it sounds too positive somehow, came ready to destroy, to kidnap, and to kill. We continue to learn, remarkably, how close we came to massive tragedy. How close we came to Congress people losing their lives. How close the the violent insurrectionists got to actual members of Congress. How rightly fearful of for their lives were people in Congress. Uh, so fearful of their lives, in fact, that three congressional Democrats have gotten COVID because of their close exposure to their Republican colleagues, something you could bet wouldn't have happened were they not afraid for their lives. We are reminded by some how fortunate we are that Washington, D.C. has, oh, he's going to go liberal again, gun control laws. And the ability of these sons of bitches, these maniacs, to bring their assault rifles was limited. And God knows what kind of a bloodbath would have resulted if they were able to show up armed with their military assault rifle. It is scary how large this was, how many people were involved, the types of people were involved, and what they were doing. We could, we've spent a week 
continuing to learn how badly we screwed up the response to this and the protection of the U.S. Capitol. Just remarkable how much warning was given. How many relevant and responsible people feared exactly what happened happening and communicated those fears to the right people only to have them not acted upon. We have more understanding why the head of the Capitol Police is gone, the Sergeant at Arms in the Senate is gone, the Sergeant of Arms in the House of Representatives is gone, and presumably a lot more heads are going to roll. Well, already just among Capitol Police, last I saw we have three Capitol Police officers suspended with 17 others under investigation. Now, what's scary here, of course, is the unbelievable incompetence. What's even more scarier, what's even more scarier, what's even scarier is that this isn't just about incompetence. This is now including co-conspiracy. And we're learning the extent to which Capitol Police and other police officers may have been involved in aiding this. We are learning the extent to which, and it's going to be weeks that I'm going to have to be reporting on this story, undoubtedly. We are continuing to learn how many members and former members of the United States military and state police forces have been involved with this. Uh, I'm going to talk about later. People who all should be fired immediately and stripped of whatever retirement benefits they think they're entitled to. But we'll, we'll get back to the aftermath and the implications of this in a few minutes. Uh, the federal government apparently also had a huge role in letting this happen. Again, whether out of incompetence, I've, I've argued since we started doing this podcast, the best thing that the Trump administration has going for it, its strongest asset is it can respond to its criminal behavior by saying plausibly, we are so fucking incompetent. It's not that we're criminals. We're just absolutely incapable of doing our jobs. And here we are now seeing it in this particular instance playing out where you've got federal officials saying, I'm not a crook. I'm not part of the insurrection. I'm just a fucking idiot. Because of how much warning there was and how lax, how non-existent the federal government's response was to this. Reminder of what it's like to not have a president. We are continuing to learn in the past week how much planting, planning and how much instigation went into this. When people talk about a mob, well, it's accurate up to a point. It's also inaccurate Because it understates how much coordination there was and how much planning. Not just right before and right on the spot with the President of the United States and his lead lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, literally calling for violence as this was happening. Calling for violence while they were rioting and engaging in violence in the United States Capitol. We're continuing to learn about the role of the most extremist members of the United States Congress 
and what role. And again, this apparently is going to be weeks or months where we're going to have to be covering this story. The fact that they were instigating this is bad enough. The fact that they've been playing to these fucking morons for a long time is bad enough. It's na- There is now investigation over whether they actually facilitated and took part in this intentionally. It is unbelievable. A member of con- Congress has described them giving reconnaissance tours to rioters. We know that some extremist members of Congress were giving tours of the, of the Capitol contrary to current policy and, and the law where they're not supposed to be giving these tours. They were giving them to rioters. They're now being referred to as reconnaissance tours. We still need to find out what they knew and when they knew it. Unbelievable. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has come out and said, and okay, it's coming from Ocasio-Cortez. She's not exactly center on the centrist. On the other hand, she's never been dishonest. Says that she feared while all this was going on, while Congress was under attack by Trump supporters, that she feared that her own colleagues would give her up to the mob, would give up her location to the mob. This, it started out as insanity. It's gotten worse. It's just absolutely crazy. Beyond criminal. Treasonous. By whatever definition of that word that one wants to use. We are continuing to learn how bad this might still be. As I warned on the show last week, We haven't dodged the bullet yet. Or maybe we've dodged the bullet, but there's seven more in the clip. Or although this being Trump supporters, there's probably about 34 more in the clip. The Washington Post, a headline, time will will tell whether the takeover of a Capitol was a riot, a last gasp of a renegade president, or an early skirmish in a civil war. Well, right now, the civil war is 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 looking like it's taking a lead here. In fact, speaking of civil war, as we look around at what's going on in the Capitol right now, we have another idea of when Donald Trump thinks the United States was great, as in make America great again. We've been wondering since we started this show, when was America great, according to Donald Trump? He probably didn't know that there wasn't an America before the Enlightenment, so, you know, we've postulated on that. But, and we, and we all had postulated that before the Civil War, when slavery was taken away, was one of those times he considered great. But now, we have a better idea how much he thinks this is great, because the Capitol is looking like the Civil War. In fact, federal troops are bivouacked. It, just the fact that we're using the word bivouac. In the Capitol. You've seen all the pictures, I assume, with them sleeping on the floor of the United States Capitol underneath statues, etc. It is looking like a war zone. It is looking like Iraq. It is looking like Afghanistan. It is looking like these third world countries that America has been invading for its entire existence. It was looking like the American Civil War. That's where we are now because of the continuing threat of violence by these morons and the criminal organization that keeps feeding them. 
We are hearing about a possible million militia march on January 20th, the date of the inauguration. Just just let that roll around your head. That's what they're calling it. Million militia march. As if we weren't reminded enough the extent of the domestic terrorism that is involved here and continues to exist in America. This threat of right-wing militias that America... Again, I've been talking on this show since we started. This threat of right-wing militias being the greatest terrorism threat in America basically being ignored in this country for all these years. Why? Because they vote Republican. GOP congressmen who voted against impeachment are coming out saying that they are afraid for their families. So are the ones who, who, who voted for impeachment. By voting to impeach a criminal president of the United States who has led an insurrection, they are afraid that the mob, the maniacs, the lunatics, the insurrectionists, the criminals will attack their families. They are moving their families to safety. This is what the Republican criminal organization has wrought. They created this monster. question now is, to what extent have they lost control of it? And to what extent is this still they're exercising their control? Warnings all across the United States. The fear about the inauguration. Just, it is 2021 and we are talking about the fact that America may not be able to inaugurate its president because of the threat of violence coming out of one side in this country. And it's not Antifa and it's not the Black Lives Matter movement. Trump supporters are still calling for violence even in the wake of what has happened and the reaction from normal people to it. New York Times had an article today. The FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, is cracking down on Trump supporter flyers. They've been having a problem on planes and in airports with these sick sons of bitches. Creating problems, violence, um, just just causing, being uproarious. Trump supporters, you can't let them onto fucking planes. As if, again, we need another reminder of the extent to which this is domestic terrorism. And yes, because while all this is going on, we continue to learn how unbelievably fucking stupid these people are. And yes, I don't want to fall into that trap of saying all Trump supporters are stupid. But I also, in light of my discussion last week, I also don't want to fall into the trap of making it seem like they're only stupid. I talked about the the fact that Trump supporters come in two types. Stupid and evil. I don't mean to insinuate that they are two separate and distinct types. Most of these fucking morons are fucking evil too. Unlike... People who support Democrats. I know one of the things that the Republican congressman is saying right now is Democrats, they, they, they rile up their base too. One, they don't, not like this. And they don't call for violence. And they don't call for guns. They don't call for military weapons. They don't talk about storming the Capitol. But in any event, it doesn't even matter. Because who you are talking to is relevant to this discussion. And Democrats don't talk to homicidal fucking morons. They talk to intelligent people. And I'm sorry if over the four years of doing this show, I don't know, I hope I haven't, but maybe I've occasionally slipped up and used overly provocative language. 
But let's be honest, nobody listening to this show other than someone who's doing opposition research is thinking of perpetrating violence in America against the other side. It is strictly one side. In the, on a light, just to, to lighten the mood just for a moment. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get back to being miserable in a second. But I, I assume you all saw, I, every now and then there's just a video or picture that just really captures the moment. And to me, the one that really captures this moment is that woman who was maced. You've probably seen the video. I've seen it in several different places, so it's obviously gone really viral. This was a woman who's very upset. She's very emotional during the riot. She's being interviewed, and she says, They maced me! They maced me! I can't believe it! I was maced! And like five seconds later, they're like, Well, you know, what were you doing here? She said, we, We're doing a revolution! We came to incite a revolution! You're only here to conduct a revolution! Why would somebody mace you for that? You fucking moron. I don't know. I, I, I can't put it into words how fucking stupid and fucking evil these people are showing themselves to be. As far as the future, they're not going to get any better. As I've been arguing for four years, people talking about reaching out to Trump supporters are living in some kind of alternative fantasy universe. To think that these people are ever going to learn anything, or at least learn it in my lifetime. So that brings us to, of course, the big question, which I started on last time, but I wanted to have some more discussion on. What should the aftermath of all of this be? Well, that brings us, of course, to the impeachment. I argued last week that the president should be impeached. I am excited to see House Democrats, with some Republican support, move so quickly to impeach the President of the United States. This happened, of course, after the Vice President shut down the 25th Amendment solution, which we knew wasn't really going to happen anyway. So the President has been impeached, obviously properly so, the first President ever and to be impeached twice and only the fourth impeachment ever in the history of the United States. So people are asking, first question, of course, is was it the right thing for the House to do that? Okay. It's pathetic that we're even asking that question. Let's move on. Um, I, I've been asked that question. And I've been asked that question with the idea of what are the political ramifications? I am at the point now where I'm tired of trying to guess what the political ramifications are. This is obviously warranted. It is obviously the right thing to do. It is obviously the necessary thing to do. A president incited an insurrection against the United States of America End of story, he needs to be impeached. And if the fallout is negative, what are we hoping to save in this country? There's nothing less left to save. Ten Republicans in the House joined the impeachment, voted for the impeachment. On the one hand, we're all excited about that. It is the most ever by a president's party, doubling the record number before from a president's own party to vote for impeachment. On That's the one hand. On the other hand, are you fucking kidding? All but 10 House Republicans voted against the impeachment of a president who incited an armed insurrection and had them hiding under their desks a few days before in fear of their lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, things are going to work out well in this country. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting a handle on all this. Um... 
just remarkable that it was only 10 and this was not passed by unanimous consent all across the house uh the arguments against of course are comical i want to spend a little bit of time on the arguments against the impeachment um first of all of course is the political argument which i already talked about uh you got to do what's right on occasion stop playing politics and do what's right on occasion and let's let the chips fall where they may democrats have been trying to figure out what's going to be the politically expedient thing for them to do throughout my lifetime it's never yet worked for them at least not on any major scale do what's right that's obvious but um my my favorite of course of the arguments against is the calls for bipartisanship i assume you've all heard and read something about this because everybody's making fun of this the idea that this is now time to bring america together i've been criticizing joe biden from the very beginning for having that message and I've said all along he needs to have that message, but his actions need to reflect what Republicans have always meant by bipartisanship, which is, I am perfectly happy to work with you as long as you do exactly what I want. Um, here's, here's Representative Tom Cole. Here, I could think of no action the House can take that is more likely to further divide the American people. That's what Tom Cole, Republican representative of Oklahoma, said just a week after He was among more than 120 House Republicans who voted to toss out the legitimately decided election results from key swing states that Mr. Biden had won. So, just again, I want to be clear on this. The people who were trying to overthrow the election, the people who have been lying to the American public to steal an election and to demonize their political opponents are now calling for bipartisanship. Who could have seen this coming? Everybody could have seen this coming because this is right out of the Republican playbook. I've been talking about this for months. Whenever they're not in power, they call for bipartisanship. Whenever they're in power, they call for heads on a stake. In this case, actually, literally, within the last few weeks. Uh, The idea that this is about bipartisanship, bipartisanship will be to throw every one of these treasonous sons of bitches out of office and into a prison. That will be bipartisanship. It will be supported by the Lincoln Project and whatever else exists of so-called moderate, reasonable, or sane Republicans. And of course, the other, uh, again, uh, the other great argument against impeachment I really enjoy, those Uh, afraid of inciting trump supporters seriously people are making this argument we're just going to make these people angry it's worked so well for us you know these people who just mounted an armed insurrection against the government of the united states we don't want to make them angry uh one of my favorite little bits of reading on this was amin bundy i've reported on the bundy family over the years they're the ones who tend to take over uh, national pro- national government property, national parks, whatever they, they were taking over. Um, uh, national government offices, they, they, they do illegal criminal occupations, armed occupations of government buildings. And now Amon Bundy is leading the attacks in Idaho in support of Donald Trump and the insurrectionists. So 
let me understand. We should be reaching out to Amon Bundy because if we only act a little nicer to him, he's going to start acting sane. I mean, seriously, that's the argument. I remind my listeners, as I've been saying for years, you don't capitulate to terrorists. You don't capitulate to criminals. You don't even negotiate with them. Isn't that supposed to be what America's all about? Isn't that supposedly what Republicans are all about? You don't negotiate with terrorists? Well, you don't negotiate with terrorists. We shouldn't start negotiating with them now. We need to, not physically, politically, and legally, kick the crap out of them. We need to beat them with the law. We need to beat them with our policies. And we need to not listen to any fucking thing these lunatics care about in the future. They divided. We need to draw the line somewhere. What's going to happen with the impeachment? People are speculating Donald Trump will not, we're not going to have the trial in the Senate until he's out of office. So it looks like he's going to get through his term. Although there's one more possibility, which I'll get to in a moment. Even if we win the impeachment, it won't get Trump out of office. But the impeachment vote can be followed very quickly by a vote that only requires a majority in the Houses of Congress to prevent him from running from, for office ever again. So we at least get him out of the picture. What's, what's interesting here about the possibility of winning, this is actually kind of exciting. Moscow Mitch has come out and speculated for whatever, that, whatever his political motivation is here that he might vote in favor of impeachment. I'll believe it when I see it. This is a chance for Moscow Mitch to say, yeah, I'm a reasonable guy. I considered the evidence and then I voted against it. But it sure does indicate the political box the Republicans find themselves in right now. Will the necessary 17 Republicans vote for conviction? I don't want to get into predictions about what's going to happen in the Senate, but it's really an interesting quandary here for Republicans who, on the one hand, belong to a cult and therefore will protect the cult from any what's seen as an attack from without or any criticism from without. So they'll band together to oppose anything the Democrats want to do, including the impeachment. But on the other hand, Many of these people really would like to see Trump in the rearview mirror, especially the many of them who want to run for president in 2024 and don't want to have to be running against Trump. It's not out of the question that Trump actually can lose this one. Anyway, as far as getting him out of office, if that's going to happen before his term ends, and at this point it's looking like there's no chance of that happening, people talk about the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which Americans have all gotten to learn about. There's no question that under Donald Trump, we've all gotten to be constitutional scholars. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars from public office anyone who has taken an oath to uphold the Constitution who then participates in or gives aid or comfort to rebellion or insurrection. In other words, Donald Trump and much of the Republicans in the House and the Senate. When it comes to, to the 14th Amendment, Section 3, it's enforced by only a majority vote in both houses. So it's, it's actually far more feasible that he could be thrown out based on the 14th Amendment or, more interestingly, that some others might manage to be thrown out under that section. Anyway, the punishments need to go beyond impeachment and to go way beyond Donald Trump. It needs to extend to all of his enablers. That includes those who worked for him. Looks like uh, Michael Flynn and Roger Stone may need another presidential pardon now. We've been hearing about the cabinet resignations, whatever was already in, what little was in the Trump cabinet is pretty much getting out. That's too little, too late, of course. 
uh, it should be too little too late to save their reputations. It should be too little too late for them to have any career in the future. The idea that now he's bad, now, after all these years, this is the line he has crossed. No, they'll question these are rats leaving a sinking, fleeing a, a sinking ship, as many people have commented on. Although rats tend to have a lot more use. I don't think that, that uh, analogy is really fair to rats. Maybe more like dung beetles uh, fleeing the turd. Uh, th that just seems more accurate. Although, again, there's use for dung beetles, so it's still not a, a perfect analogy. But especially for his the people in his cabinet, this is way too late to save their reputations, especially when it's been accompanied by the self-serving BS, like they've been trying to rein him in all along. Or the false reality that many of them continue to peddle. Uh, Chris Christie, that enabler, uh, took shit from Donald Trump over and over and came back for more like a good puppy dog, referred to Donald Trump's conduct over the last eight weeks. Right, Chris. He was, he was a paragon of virtue until the last eight weeks. Something happened that over the last eight weeks that went bad. Mick Mulvaney did better. Uh, he said Donald Trump was the same over the last eight months. Apparently, harkening back and blaming it on the impeachment somehow, perhaps. The first impeachment, of course. Uh, in any case, too late to save your reputations. You were enablers. You need to be ostracized. Uh, Mulvaney also engaging in the self-absorption and self-pity that we will so remember from the Trump administration. Mulvaney is worried about how he will be remembered for this. You will be remembered as being a facilitator of Donald Trump. With any luck, you will be remembered for that and nobody ever will hire you. Let's hope that we do better with the Trump criminals when we did with the Bush criminals. The Bush criminals who are now filling the offices of academia all across America, prestigious positions like Ken Starr and John Yu. Criminals who have been rehabilitated and have been allowed to rejoin decent society. Well, that should never happen with Trump's henchmen. It should not happen with the extremist GOB, GOP congressmen. The ones who, here's, here's Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama. After this all happened, I make no apology for doing my absolute best to inspire patriotic Americans. Yes, patriotic Americans storm their own government's capital. Anyway, best to inspire patriotic Americans to not give up on our country and to fight back against anti-Christian socialists in the 2022 and 2024 elections. Yeah, anti-Christian socialists. That's it. Name calling is, is really going to work here. Uh, what's, what's most important about that is this is what Representative Mo Brooks came up with to justify the fact that he was instigating Trump supporters in real time while this was happening, inciting an insurrection. Mo Brooks should be gone and he should be prosecuted. When it comes to extremist GOP congressmen, I want to be clear that the 14th Amendment needs to be applied to them as well. They need to be thrown out of office for inciting a revolution after taking oaths of office. Then they need to face criminal action as co-conspirators in an assault on the United States government, murder, whatever else is involved there. Will there be, talk about the Republican quandary, will there be support for this in Republican circles? Ironically, there might be. I'm reminded when I think about whether the Democrats could get Republicans could, to vote for some of these people out of office. I'm reminded of Lindsey Graham famously saying a few years ago about Ted Cruz, who should be drummed out of the United States Senate and then subject to criminal prosecution. 
Lindsey Graham on Ted Cruz saying that if Ted Cruz was murdered on the floor of the United States Senate and then tried in the United States Senate, you would not get a single vote for conviction. Talking about Ted Cruz's popularity and how much he's well-loved. The problem, of course, is even though these people may hate them and some of them may want to run against them, there's the GOP cult. And doing what's right always takes a back seat to doing what the cult requires of you. So, I don't expect that these extremist GOP congressmen are going to be thrown out of their offices. Except maybe if the voters, those voters who have some sanity in them, remember this and go against them. And we need to remember it not just against the extremists, we need to remember against everyone in the GOP criminal organization who did this. Senators, congressmen, congressmen-elect, all who facilitated this. Even if their role was less than the extremists, those who were lying about the election, and again, to be clear, it's been two months of lying bald-faced about the election results. Lying about everything, whatever they need to, to their people. They have fomented this for political gain because the Republican criminal organization has nothing else to offer to people. And they need to be held accountable for that politically. It has been a long time coming for those who think that this is something completely out of the ordinary. We will be hearing calls over the next months and probably years about, again, unity, and again, how this is unusual and this is not the Republican Party and this is not what the Republican Party has stood for. But this has been what the Republican Party has stood for for decades. This has been at least the direction they've been moving in. It gets a little crazier, as I've been reporting for four years. It gets a little crazier and a little crazier and a little crazier. But you look back at scandals over the last half century and more in this country, and what seems to be universal is that they're all awful and they're all done by Republicans. From Joseph McCarthy, and the, com- and, and the communist painting to Richard Nixon, the only president thrown out of office before his term ended and his criminal behavior to the Southern strategy perpetrated by Richard Nixon and the rest of the Republican Party to the whole lie of supply side economics to steal from America and destroy the American political system and social fabric so that they could steal a little bit more to the many, many crimes of Bush Jr., Who's managed to be his reputation is being whitewashed because we've got an insane criminal even more than him in office. In fact, where we are right now is the logical outgrowth of many people believe the Gingrich Revolution from 1994, the contract on America, which I have talked about before on this show, that turned politics into militarization that turned politics from a disagreement about principles and running the country into demonization of your opponents that's when we the gop really went overboard with talking about how democrats were not just people with whom they disagreed but people who are out to destroy america when you demonize your opponents it leads to ultimately to QAnon and satanists and child sexual predators, and all the bullshit that these fucking morons now believe in. This is the product of a Republican Party that has been doing this for generations. It is where the party now stands. Even after all of this happened, even after the assault on the Capitol, two-thirds of House Republicans voted to try to steal an election. 
They continue to talk about election integrity as if that were actually a thing. As if this country had a problem with election integrity as opposed, for instance, to voter suppression. In fact, they continue to support voter suppression because it's their only way to remain in power. This Where this party has gone is the reason why we praise a vice president of the United States for saying that he will be willing to attend the inauguration of his successor. He's getting plaudits for that, is Mike Pence. He he reached out to Kamala Harris just a little bit before we went on air to talk about the transition, and this is being hailed as bipartisanship? It's just an indication of the insanity, again, of the Republican criminal organization. And they need to be basically expelled from U.S. politics. First legally and then by voters. Before we go, the role of corporate America. There's been, I guess it's some good news, that corporate America has started jumping all over itself to... I guess, stop enabling Trump and the criminal organization. Some corporations have said that they are halting donations to the 147 Republicans who voted to overturn an election. Imagine that. Imagine, it's shocking. This is something we have to report about. They're not donating to actually tra- actual traitors. Now, they're doing this to save their own skin, of course. Make no mistake. Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Marriott, and Citigroup. Citigroup, for God's sake, should be, should be called out for this because... Well, it's not doing much, but it's doing something right. Note to Republicans, when corporate America appears to have more scruples than your political party has, it might be time to take stock. Many other corporations, including the other big banks, have said that they're pausing their political contributions. Again, to try to cover their asses. They're talking about how their support is tied to the narrow issues of specific interest to their industries. That's that's a report that one or more of them put out. They've said, look, our support for GOP has been tied to narrow issues of specific interest to their industries. Let me translate that for you. We don't give money to Hitler because of his Jewish policy. We're just happy for the gas sales. In case anyone wants to clap their hands and give plaudits to corporate America. Let's remember what corporate America is. Corporate America is supposed to be selfishness personified. They are not supposed to care about anything but themselves. And they continually demonstrate to us that that's exactly what they do. This doesn't mean that we don't punish, that we forgive corporate America for what they do. We understand the fact that they are selfish little actors. They're like very, very young children. Doesn't mean we don't punish them. It means that we do. It means that we punish them with our actions. Why is corporate America halting their donations and some places stopping donations to treasonous Republicans? Because of fear of backlash. Not because they've gotten decency all of a sudden, but because of fear of backlash. Because they are worried about how their customers will treat them for supporting an armed insurrection against the United States of America. People with businesses were involved in the protests in the riots, and those businesses need to be shunned. I wish I could give you a list of names of all the companies that have been donating the most to Donald Trump, to Republicans, and the names of companies of people who were, who were showing up at the riots. As a start, just assume that if it's a cigarette company, 
an oil or other extractive industry company, a military contractor, or a gambling casino. They're probably big Republican supporters because after all, Republicans, they're the family values party. Anyway, this all reminds us how corporations, voices, and their influence need to be silenced. I've been arguing this show since we started. Our very first show was devoted in part to this. Corporations have outsized influence in America, and since they're selfish actors, they shouldn't have any influence in America. I've been arguing in favor of restrictions somewhat on speech, certainly on campaign donations, campaign funding, and corporate political spending. I've been arguing in favor of campaign finance reform. For years, I've been talking about the fact that it is the single greatest issue confronting this country, at least until Donald Trump and a murderous dictator came into, came into power. The good news here is that the prospects for campaign finance reform in this country are presumably greater than they have ever been. Why? <laughs> because it's the GOP that's always stopped any efforts to limit corporate campaign funding. But now corporations are lashing out at the GOP because they're seen as treasonous. And they threaten the democratic order that corporations need to keep making profits. Well, now that corporations, if they give money, are more likely to give more to Democrats than the GOP, we can expect that the GOP will be on board for campaign funding restrictions and limitations on corporations' ability to distort the public sphere. Hey, common ground! Anyway, I won't talk about some corporations. I'll leave it for next time. Media is a, sp a specific subset that needs to be handled differently. How you deal with right-wing media and regular media, we will deal with on our next show. And how you deal with the far-right morons who actually created this, this situation in this country that we may or may not survive. That will be on our next show where hopefully we might actually get to talk about some issues of substance as well. That show will occur, we can hope and expect, on the other side of the Trump administration. When, if we still have a country, we will also have a new president. So stay safe and survive the Trump administration, and we'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 